Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So here it is, the big moment we've all been waiting for. More importantly, it allows me to get my episode out there to you guys. But anyway, the big moment is here. Godzilla vs. Kong. Many years in the making, we finally have our big showdown between Godzilla as well as Kong. I would call him King Kong, however, in this series, he's just Kong. King Kong has been in a total of 12 productions. Ten of those were American productions. Most of them are remakes and such of the original King Kong film. You do also have the two Japanese productions. I remember seeing a Japanese version of King Kong before. I remember renting it from Blockbuster. I thought that it was the original King Kong film from 1933 that was just simply colorized. No, it was something completely different. It was a movie that had bad dubbing, which was inherent to the Japanese films. Now I can tolerate that. When I was a kid, I didn't like it so much, specifically when I was expecting something else. I didn't mind it so much in the Godzilla films, but considering I wasn't getting the Kong film that I wanted, it just wasn't good. That King Kong film was produced by Toho, known as King Kong Escapes. The more famous Toho production would be King Kong vs. Godzilla. It seems for this American remake, if you're really going to call it that, has the names switched up as it's Godzilla vs. Kong. So I guess you could think of it that Godzilla gets top billing in this one? Me personally, I'm a fan of King Kong. I like Godzilla. However, there's something about Kong that I really like. I don't know, I think he's cool. Big giant gorilla, being awesome. That's Kong. Alright, enough with the rambling about Kong and such. I think it's time we kicked off the episode. This is Adam Wingard's 2021 Godzilla vs. Kong. First things first on this, I would hate to spoil this one for you. It is an awesome movie. It does have a little bit of twists and turns, especially if you are a fan of the Toho Godzilla films. They did their best to include little surprises along the way. So, With that being said, there is spoilers. If you want to watch the movie spoiler-free, go in with a fresh opinion. I highly recommend you watch it first, probably in a theater. If a theater doesn't work for you, then watch it on HBO Max. Watch it first, come back here, and listen to what I had to say about it. I gotta say, this movie hooked me from the moment that it started. I love the intro to this movie as well as our reintroduction to Kong. I think it's perfect. Even the song choice of Over the Mountain Across the Sea by Bobby Vinton, it just seems to fit. It's absolutely a perfect song to witness Kong getting a start to his day. We get to see Kong wake up, stretch, scratch his butt, take a shower. Well, it's more of a bath, but you know what I mean. It honestly made me laugh. It was unexpected. I didn't expect the movie to start out this way. It was a nice touch to make the audience think that he was still on Skull Island. I like that part too. Pretty close to that scene, we also get our reintroduction to Godzilla. I think it was handled well. Godzilla was seemingly unprovoked and had his big attack on Apex Cybernetics. It is unsurprisingly epic with the intros to both Kong and Godzilla occurring pretty quickly. It makes us anticipate the meeting between Kong and Godzilla. 
It makes Godzilla look like this big war beast and Kong kind of a gentle giant. I would have to say that these are proper representations of both creatures. I do have to say that when we get our first meeting between both of them, it's suitably badass. The best part about this is we know as awesome as this battle was, we're going to get more spectacular moments between Kong, Godzilla, and possibly another monster, which I may or may not spoil later. It is unsurprising that the company Apex Cybernetics is bad news. From the moment you first see their owner, Walter Simmons, played here by actor Demian Bashir. I don't know if I said that correctly or not, probably not, so I'm assuming he's not listening, but if he is, I apologize. He's a suitably slimy scumbag who believes man needs to be back on top as far as species go. And he doesn't see Godzilla as a protector, even though we as the audience, as well as Eleven, or excuse me, Millie Bobby Brown, who is reprising her role as Madison, who was the main character more or less in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm gonna get this out of the way right now. Her character of Madison, as well as Kyle Chandler's character of Mark Russell, Madison's father, are pretty much wasted here. I know that the character of Madison still had something to do. Mark, he had nothing to do, really. He wasn't even in the movie all that much. I honestly, if this monsterverse goes on, I can see them dropping those characters completely as they're almost getting written out. Yes, I know that her character is kind of essential to this story here. It just didn't feel important to me, if that makes sense. Maybe that's underwriting. I don't know. I think for just about everybody else, though, they were pretty much right on target as far as exactly enough of what we needed from those human characters. Actor Brian Tyree Henry was in this movie as well. He plays a conspiracy theory podcaster who just so happens to be right because he works at Apex Cybernetics. He's a whistleblower. He was heavily involved in the storyline that Madison was in, along with her friend Josh. Well, I think I liked him the best out of all of them. He was at least entertaining me. The other two kids didn't really do too much. Actors that fare a little better in this one are Alexander Skarsgård's character of Nathan, as well as Rebecca Hall's character of Aline. We also have Eliza Gonzalez playing Walter Simmons' daughter, Maya Simmons, who is simply in the movie. Sure, she's a villain, but she's not very villainous by any means. I will have to say, at least I can buy the villain here in the Walter Simmons character. I couldn't buy Vera Farmiga in Godzilla King of the Monsters, so at least having a villain that I can buy as actually being a villain is a definite improvement. Anyway, getting back to Apex Cybernetics, it's obvious that they're a bad company. This is also what gives pretty much the catalyst to start a war between Godzilla and King Kong. It also gives birth to the MonsterVerse debut of Mechagodzilla, the origin of her monster titans in the Hollow Earth. I think that covers it. Oh wait, I didn't talk about the Hollow Earth yet. Let's talk about it now. Speaking of the Hollow Earth, that is possibly my favorite part of the movie. This is actually a real theory that beneath the Earth's surface, another civilization exists in the Earth's core. In Godzilla vs. Kong, 
Kong is pretty much the guide, and we get to see the scientists journey to the Earth's core. It's almost like a loose remake of Journey to the Center of the Earth. I'm sure they had some serious inspiration on that. I don't remember that at all. Personally, I know I've seen it. Of course, the portal or hole to actually get there to the center of the Earth is in Antarctica. Why? Because of course it is. This whole sequence, as well as when you actually get to the hollow Earth, it's visually stunning. This is how Kong also gets his radioactive axe that he'll use later in the movie in an epic manner. In these hollow Earth moments, we get some definite horror-inspired scenes. It also heads more into a sci-fi type of feeling. Outside of the awesome Godzilla, Kong, and Mechagodzilla moments, this really was my favorite moment and part in the whole movie. It looks great, while also touching on some genres that I truly love. I didn't know what to expect from director Adam Wingard on this movie. He mostly stayed with smaller horror films such as the excellent Year Next, Blair Witch 3 that was simply called Blair Witch, as well as the action movie that feels a bit like a horror movie, The Guest, which I think is a truly fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, I recommend checking it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Wingard has a similar background to Godzilla King of the Monsters director Michael Doherty. However, I'd say Wingard is more on the indie side of filmmaking. I was wondering how he would handle a big budget blockbuster. I think he did an even better job than what Michael Doherty on Godzilla King of the Monsters did. The direction here is suitably dizzying and intense without resorting to ridiculous quick cuts and edits. Like, you know, a famous director that handled most of the live-action Transformers films. If you don't know who that is, it's Michael Bay. Somehow, Adam Wingard managed to deliver a movie that is all at once more ridiculous than the previous MonsterVerse films, yet it feels more believable, faster-paced, more importantly, the movie's fun. Four movies into the MonsterVerse, and they finally cracked the code on how to deliver the awesome spectacle I wanted. I also think most audiences wanted a movie like this as well. This also comes from somebody who loved Kong Skull Island. I also heard some people call this movie dumb. It's definitely not dumb. It's ridiculous, sure, but not dumb. There is a difference. The last thing I want to talk about is how Kong communicates with sign language. I really like that aspect of the movie. I think it was a smart move on the filmmakers part to include this. So Kong is not just you know, this gorilla that acts out of emotion and everything. Sure, he does, but he's also very smart, and he's smart enough to communicate with the character of Gia, played by Kaylee Hoddle, who in real life is actually deaf. Actor Alexander Skarsgård even went and learned American Sign Language so that he could communicate with her on set not just the little things that they did in the movie. So props to him, also props to the filmmakers for including somebody that actually does have this disability and were able to go and make something good out of it. I not only like when filmmakers include things like that, as well as including people with the real disabilities, I also like the fact that it made sense to include it here. From a story standpoint, we actually get a communication and a good relationship with somebody and Kong. 
it's kind of cute in a way with the way it's carried out. I honestly think it was handled well. The other thing that was handled well was the special effects. Everything looks great in the movie. I'm usually against CGI, but how else are you going to do a movie like this? It all looks great. We get those dizzying moments. The Hong Kong segment is really visually stunning. Almost as much to me as the Hollow Earth segment. I know I was making fun of the movie a little bit earlier, but this really is a good, entertaining movie that is well worth your two hours. If you have not seen it in a theater, I recommend you go see it. I hope you saw it before you listened to this because I did spoil some of it. If you watched it on HBO Max, maybe think about going to see it in theaters. Mostly because this is the last planned MonsterVerse film that they have out. And that's due to the lack of box office and performance of Godzilla King of the Monsters. I think this movie is better in every single way. I hope that they continue the MonsterVerse. It's not exactly up to Warner Brothers, I don't think. It's up to Legendary Pictures. But if it was up to Warner Brothers, I could see this as another bonehead mistake that they would make. Just like they're killing off of the Snyderverse, which also still has some hope. So I'm really hoping that Legendary and Warner Brothers come to an agreement. We get a couple more MonsterVerse films. As of right now, I don't want it to end. But sadly, it looks like the MonsterVerse's days could be numbered. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and shoot me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do have a website if you need to catch up on some past episodes. That is anchor.fm slash adamanalyzes. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice, or maybe even tell a few friends you think may enjoy this. Of course, if you are enjoying my podcast, please think about subscribing to it, just so that you're notified when new episodes come out. Plus, you know, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. Thank you.